0: Hi everyone, welcome to Sandy K Nutrition, Health and Lifestyle Queen. Today with me, I have a special guest and she is just a lovely, lovely person. Her name is Jeanette Biro and she is a medium and a channeler and she's also an author and we have an incredible conversation. You're gonna have to listen all the way to the end because she even has a message For the Human Collective. Such a great talk. As always, I would greatly appreciate you sharing this podcast episode, reviewing with a few kind words. It goes such a long way for podcasters like myself. I also want to put out there that I am looking for sponsors for my podcast. If your message aligns with my message, Send me a message, sandy at sandyknutrition.ca, and I will send you a media kit, and that will provide you with all my stats. If you are interested in becoming a guest, or if you have a great idea for a podcast episode, please do reach out to me anywhere through email sandy at sandyknutrition.ca I'm very active on Instagram and I am Sandy K Nutrition everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest, anywhere. You name it. I'm there. And DMs are great to send me through Instagram. So at Sandy K Nutrition. A couple of announcements. This coming weekend, I've been talking about these two conferences for a while now. The first one is the Women's biohacking conference. And this one is all virtual. It is June 8th to the 12th. So you can see all of these experts learn from them, attend master classes, all of that for free at the womensbiohackingconference.com. So definitely go register and get your free ticket for this virtual conference. Another conference. I am leaving for Boston on Friday. This is so exciting for me. I'm going to speak with so many other incredible speakers. If you can, join us at the Biohacking Congress in Boston on June 11th and 12th. So check it out, biohackingcongress.com. They also have two other conferences coming up one in Orlando in the fall, and another one in Austin, Texas in the spring. So check it out. And now let's cut on through to this incredible interview with Jeanette Biro. I hope you're all enjoying this week's episode. I had to tell you about CSNN Ottawa, the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, Ottawa. If you're listening to my podcast, I know you want to live healthier, but some people just don't know where to start. Who do you listen to? The Canadian School of Natural Nutrition Ottawa, the leader in nutrition education across all of Canada, is offering a five-day free course on the fundamentals of holistic nutrition. Yes, you heard that right. It is free. So join the five-day course on holistic nutrition and it will be free live training from June 20th to the 24th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for one hour each day. This course will teach you how to influence your genes through diet and lifestyle. You'll understand the components of a healthy diet without fads, people, how to become resilient to all of the stressors of life and how to travel down a pathway to optimal health and wellness. And if you can't make it live, don't worry. If you register now, you'll also receive the recordings. So go to wwwcsnnottawaca forward slash free course. And this will also be in my show notes. So go on over and register now, June 20th to 24th, 2022. You don't want to miss this. And now back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sandy Kay Nutrition, Health and Lifestyle Queen. Today with me, I have a special guest. Her name is Jeanette Byro. She's a cosmic channeler, a spiritual medium, an Ascension Guide, a motivational speaker, educator, author, and chief spirit officer of Avalon Spirit Incorporated. And today we're going to talk all about spiritual stuff. And I think a lot of the people in my audience are, are like me. Yes, we all love the science and how we can Age better and live healthy, but there's also a spirit side. So I always love to welcome guests like Jeanette. And today we're going to talk all things spirit. Welcome, Jeanette.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm really happy to have you here, Jeanette. And I have I I kind of met you, e met you anyway. We haven't met in person. I know we're both Canadians, which is lovely. But Uh I have been reading about you for a couple of weeks now, and I know your story, but I would love for you to tell the audience what your story is and how you became this amazing spiritual guide.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's funny. It's like, how far do I rewind? Right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, um, In terms of mediumship specifically, I can retrospectively look back to the age of five and remember knowing there were spirits in my room, but not being able to explain how I knew this or why I knew this, because I didn't grow up in a family of mediums, right? Like we, not that we wouldn't talk about it, but we, it wasn't in our family line anywhere. I didn't have that old grandmother or wise auntie or uncle that, you know, knew all that stuff. Right. So my gift really kind of grew and expanded through the years. And by the time I was 17, I started hearing spirit, which was really scary, to be honest.
0: Okay, can but, I interrupt you? What does that mean, hearing spirit?
1: So like, what did you hear? Is, yeah. So first of all, for those that kind of get tweaked a little bit by the word spirit, it's not conjuring spirits. Spirits is the word I use as the umbrella world, word Sorry for Any being on the other side, angels, family members that have passed on, friends, light beings, that kind of thing. Okay. So if I go back to when I was five, I could, excuse me, I could feel them in my room. I couldn't see them. and I couldn't hear them, but I could feel their presence in my room. Um, and that was scary in its own right, because I kept feeling like if I closed my eyes and opened them, I would see them, but I didn't. So then when I was around 17 is when I started to hear them. And the confusing part about hearing spirits is that it's not always audible outside of your mind. Sometimes you hear the thought inside your mind. Sometimes you hear it as your own voice, but you're like, that's not my thought. And sometimes you hear it as a separate voice in your mind, or you can hear it as a voice outside of your head the way that you're hearing me right now. So when you don't know what's happening, that's a very scary conjunction of things happening, right? So when I was 17, I remember really questioning my sanity, to be honest. Yeah. Um, And it was really scary until I started to recognize that what I was hearing wasn't my thoughts. There were thoughts that I was picking up around me or voices I was picking up around. me. And so then, you know, during that time, even if I rewind a little bit, I started seeing spirit a little bit. It was kind of off and on, so I could kind of convince myself that maybe it was a dream or maybe, you know, it was my mind. But it really came to a head when I was around 20, when I saw my lifetime guide, my spirit guide, Andre, at the end of the hallway. And basically, he stood there. I was doing laundry by myself in the house. And I heard this voice outside of my head, this big, burly, manly voice say, Jeanette, look down the hall. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my gosh no way, not doing this. Like, oh I think I said many profanities Yeah. <laughs> at that moment out of fear. And he said, Jeanette, look down the hall. And so I remember like slowly turning my head and looking down the hall. And I saw Andre, who I later learned was my lifetime guide, standing at the end of my hallway. And the significant piece about this part of the story was that my cat was looking at him. And for me, the validation of her looking up at him And her tail wagging, which she would do, she's kind of like forceful wag when she's looking at something that she's really interested in. She basically validated for me that what I was seeing was real, which meant what I was hearing was real, which meant what I was feeling was real. And so all these parts of my childhood and teenage years up to that point all came together. And it was kind of like, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm actually going to learn what this is. Because there's something going on. And so that's sort of the nutshell of my story of what got me into it. Mm -hmm. That I didn't want to run from it anymore. And so when I decided to open up to those gifts and abilities, they just really flourished over time and throughout my journey.
0: That's amazing. And it's not like you had that elder who could help you, right? So you hear a lot of these stories where you can have somebody in your life who has been through as a child, the same thing as you and kind of makes you feel more at peace with what you're feeling. Cause as a child, you don't have a clue, right?
1: Yeah. It was very unnerving.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Now there's, I, I hear about so many different things and I find it very confusing. There's spirit guides, there's angel guides, there's, um, channeling, I guess people who have passed, um, can you do all that? You can do it all.
1: You can do it all. (laughs) So basically what it is, is, um, let's go back to, I love to bring spiritual things into science-y concepts so that our brains can understand it. So let's do that. Okay. 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 So if we think about it, we live in a 3d reality. Okay. Everything in our world is 3d and we learn that in like grade eight science, we weren't learned that all matter vibrates, right? So the desk, the pencil, you, your glasses, whatever is vibrating particles, right? Yes. And are vibrating at a certain rate that makes them third dimensional, makes them tangible objects in our world of reality. Now, as soon as you move your perception beyond 3D and move it into 4D or 5D, you're basically moving into a higher vibratory rate of existence, And so when I communicate with spirit, and this is how my guides explained it to me, when I communicate with them, I move my frequency up into past 4D, really into a 50 consciousness, 50 frequency of awareness. And that's when spirit starts to make themselves visible to me. So when I was a kid, the days where things would happen to me or I'd feel spirit or I would hear them or see them. Were confusing because I didn't consciously up my frequency rate. Right. I wasn't purposely doing that. And that's why some days they were there. And then other days I'd be like, well, where are you? You were here yesterday. So then I must be crazy is what I would come back to, right? Like I must be making this up. But what it was is I would be naturally vibrating higher some days and then naturally vibrating lower some days. And it wasn't until I learned how to increase my own frequency that I could pop up into that awareness. Now, this is where it gets really interesting for people right now is that many people on the planet are awakening, even in subtle ways to higher consciousness. And so that's why more and more people are having spiritual experiences or ghost experiences or timeline deja vu experiences, because they're actually vibing up here for maybe half an hour in the afternoon when everything was going really well, their vibes go really high. And so when we look at it that way, we can see how these things can happen. And so then if we bring it back to your question of, you know, who is spirit? What are they? It's the beings of consciousness that are beyond the veil of 3d.
0: Okay. That I I get that. Now, the biggest question I'm sure people have is how do you, how do you vibe higher? How do you You make yourself right? Because I'm, You know, my own, okay, I was raised Catholic, so, and I have done all the Catholic things, but then as I got older, I separated from more the religious side of Catholicism and resonated more with just the spiritual side of things. Mm -hmm. And I find myself seeing and feeling things only in certain states. But I don't know how I got there. Like I'll do certain visualizations that might help me, but it's like my mindset needs to be there before I even start the visualization. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. It's all about frequency. It comes back to frequency. And ideally what you want to get yourself to in order to communicate is a flow state, which is essentially an alignment, a state of alignment. And the way in which you get into that flow is so dependent on you. Everybody's way of getting into it is different. Whatever has been going on in your day may make that difference. So an example of that would be sometimes getting into a flow state would be meditation, traditional meditation, legs crossed. Maybe you have music and you're just silent. Whereas another day or for somebody else, that might not work. And flow state might come from painting, even mm-hmm. painting a wall in your house, the repetitive movement and pattern of that can get your mind into a flow state for some it's washing dishes some it's drumming some it's dancing it can be anything but the first key to trying to access higher frequency is what gets you into a state of flow energetically because in that state you are high vibing and from there you can choose to try and push it and train it to go higher and higher Mm,
0: i love that because i since last so You know, I've I've been on my own little journey for many years now and it began with illness. So it began with the illness of my daughter and I actually saw a shaman and she introduced me to a whole other way of thinking and being and I wasn't raised that way. So for me, it's like getting into that state, though, was never easy. So now, since last fall, I've been working more on what gets me into that flow state. And I was and have been so busy building my business as a a woman who graduated, you know, second my second level of education um, at 49 right? So I was so busy doing, doing, doing Jeanette that I was missing that flow. And so I stopped everything and I pulled everything back and I kept my podcast and I started doing more of these visualizations. And I feel like I know my spirit guide, one of them. I think there can be more, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, but it's so funny because I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Is it right? Is it wrong? Did I just? Was I just seeing things that day? You know what I mean? Like I, I don't feel it's that easy. Like, mm-hmm. What advice would you give to someone like me who who really wants to tap into that more?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, what I would say first and foremost is when you see that image or you think you see your guide or you feel something is recognizing your body. How did it make you feel? Because if you're just searching for something and your brain's trying to create something, it's going to feel surface level. But when you have those true connections with spirit in whichever form, you will feel it through your whole body. Your whole body will just have, again, this alignment, this this full body tingles or warmth comes over you or something like that. Notice how your body feels in those moments and acknowledge it. Okay. Because when you acknowledge that moment, your guides are like, ha, she got it. Ah. Yes. Let's do that one again. Right. Like we'll come in that way again. Cause that she could recognize.
0: Okay. And then, you know how I've heard different things that you can communicate through, um, candles and all kinds of stuff like you can get messages in so many different ways
1: mm-hmm. there's many many ways um and this is what I've been teaching people a lot lately is how they too can access their gifts and abilities I do a light worker mentorship circle and we we go through all these simple steps of how you can connect in because not all of it is just sitting there and waiting for spirit to show up in front of you, so right. you can see it right so there's things such as psychometry for example which is holding an object um I'm trying to think of what object I have here. So say somebody carried around a stone with them Okay, I
0: have a crystal here, so I can yeah. hold a crystal.
1: Yeah. So say um, I give you this crystal and I carry it around in my pocket all the time. So it would have my energy infused into it. Yes. And so psychometry is when you actually hold an object and you feel into whatever comes to you from that object, whether that be visually Uh, insights or words that come in your mind, uh, the way that it's making you feel that is different from how you felt before you had the object. Mm. So we can speak to or connect with objects of all kinds. We can also connect into dates. Somebody could give you a date, say it was May 4th, 1983. I don't know. And if you wrote that down on a paper and focus your energy on that, you can start to, again, either see things, feel things, or hear things about it. The same goes for, um, you know, looking or feeling into a picture. Somebody could put a picture into an envelope and hide it and you could put your hands on that envelope and focus your attention on it and start to pick up stuff. The thing that we continually um, limit ourselves with is thinking we are not able to. We are naturally born with gifts and abilities of a sixth sense, if you want to call it that, right? We, we naturally have it. It's called intuition. It's those feelings we've all had at some point in our life when we're like, "Mm, I shouldn't go that way. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't walk down there. Or, Oh, I should double check if I, you know, took the iron out of the plug, right? Like this is intuition. We all have it. And so when we allow ourselves to believe that we have it, then we can open up into what it can tell us. And so everybody can access stuff through learning those different ways to get into the energy. And yeah. there's more beyond what I just shared there too.
0: I mean, I think the, the most challenging part though is separating what your brain is thinking versus mm-hmm. whatever message you're receiving. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest challenge. And then on top of that, my biggest challenge is distraction. So Mm -hmm. I have kids and what will often happen, one of my kids, he's older, he's at university and he'll pick up the phone and call me and tell me something. And that will completely sidetrack whatever's going on because I'm so connected to him that it will sway whatever direction I may have been heading in. It will sway it as soon as I have that conversation, depending on the energy of that conversation.
1: Absolutely. And that's a really good thing to notice, right? Is what distractions do deviate you from your path and how can you work around it? Yeah. So one of the the main things for people is when you're wanting to tune in, make sure you have some space and time to do it, especially when you're first starting,
0: Yes. right? As you
1: get better and better, you kind of pull from it really quickly if you need. But in the beginning, set aside time and space. And then first off, the most important thing is to notice what your own body and environment is doing first. Because when we give our brain the time to notice the sounds in the room, notice the way your clothing feels on your body, notice your rate of breathing, notice your heart rate, what you're doing is you're letting your brain take stock of everything that is 3D. And then it's like, okay, we can put that on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And at that point, then we make space for things that weren't recognized before to come in if you notice the temperature change suddenly or you notice like something feels like maybe it's pressing on your cheek or you feel a presence behind you because you've already taken stock of where you were when you started, you can recognize how things change.
0: Wow. I've never, Mm -hmm. ever, and I've spoken to actually a few mediums, Mm -hmm. I've never heard that and I love that. Because, That's where you start. yes, because then what you're doing is you're saying, okay, we got this covered. Let's allow ourselves to open up to a whole other side. I love that, Jeanette. It's very yeah. powerful. You know,
1: and the second part of that, too, I want to say is we often have this idea in our mind of how long we should be able to communicate with spirit, what it should look like, feel like. Um, and it's really to throw that all out the window and just see what shows up. Ask questions and see what shows up because when you're first starting to, to hold a high frequency is very draining on the physical body. So we can only hold it for so long. So often people will say, you know, whenever I meditate for the first minute or two, I get visions and things and whatever, and then it's gone. And it's most likely because you're holding, you're able to hold that frequency for just that amount of time. But if you keep working at it, you'll be able to do it longer and longer. It's like doing a plank, right? When we all start, we're not doing a five-minute plank. When we start, we're doing 20 seconds and shaking like crazy, right? It's just the body adapting to that change. So the same goes with spirit work.
0: Yeah, uh, that actually makes a lot of sense. And one of the things I used to use this um, device, it's called Muse. It's the Muse meditation device. I did that, actually used that for four years until very recently when I started using something else called newcom and okay. nucom New actually puts your brain in theta mode and it it it, it very slowly kind of re- it increases GABA in the brain so it takes you on a journey let's just mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. and the reason I started using that is because it's definitive and for me I I'm just one of those people that needs definitive
1: mm-hmm.
0: right and I'm sure there's a lot of people like that but for me, since I've been using the newcom, I see a deep purple all the time, all the time, even in my sleep. I'll see it. Yeah. It's this deep, almost magenta, deep, deep purple. And then I, I was told that that is the third eye opening up.
1: Mm-hmm. Does
0: that like, does that make
1: sense? Yeah, absolutely. It can be for sure. Um, especially if you're seeing it More and more, it's common when you first start opening your third eye to see colors and to have colors come through. And if there's a specificity for you with third eye communication, I wouldn't be surprised that it would come through that color.
0: Okay. I don't know. I'm seeing different things. I'm seeing visualizations while I do a session. I call it a journey. That's my own Mm -hmm. term. But I feel like it's really bringing me to that state in a a little bit of an easier way because it's kind of hard. It's hard to do.
1: It is hard to do, especially in our society right now where we still value busyness Yes, and we still value multitasking, right? Like we, it's like we give ourselves a medal because of all we accomplished in a day. Yeah. And so when that becomes the mainstay of how we are, even as a societal energy, it's hard to be the one to then deviate from that and step away and center into a completely different energy of tuning in and being present moment and, you know, awakening to the colorful world beyond the 5D sense.
0: Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I personally found that the being busy was just not working for me at all. And I had to step away from it and just keep What I really, really love. And that's what I'm doing right now. Um, Let's get it. Let's change gears a little bit because I want to understand the difference between a channeler, a medium, an ascension guide, though, because those words are terms are used interchangeably, I feel. Mm -hmm. But there is a difference, Right.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you're so right. Everybody has their own opinion on kind of what they mean. So I can only express what they mean for me. Yeah. Right. So a medium, basically a medium is somebody who can connect with spirits on the other side, family members, friends, loved ones, and they can act as the interpreter, that middle person between the spirit world and the person having the reading. Right. So just like if I was a interpreter, and you couldn't speak French, but this person could, and I'm basically yes. repeating, telling you what they're saying. Okay. That is what mediumship is.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, it's an their interpreter. Where channeling differs, is channeling is where the medium essentially allows the being, the consciousness, whoever it is, to merge with their frequency and speak through them.
0: Oh. So
1: there's no time for the interpretation. It just comes directly through.
0: Oh wow, that like that gives me vibes of like The Exorcist or something.
1: <laughs> like it's, yeah, and see that's what a lot of people think. But yeah. it's not possession. The soul is not right. possessing the body. It's more that um, there's an agreement between the medium essentially and that soul that the soul will fuse and go directly through. So when I channel, for example, what I notice in my mind is I kind of step slightly aside. And then allow them to come through. And so, again, it's not that they're sitting in my body. They're not um, taking over anything. But I basically let them merge with my brain waves. If we could see it this way. Yeah. To speak directly through so that Jeanette, the medium, is not saying, okay, so I see this image and this image tells me that they are trying to say this. It just goes straight through.
0: Yes, I understand. Yeah, I totally understand. And then Ascension, what is Ascension Guide?
1: So Ascension Guide to me really is uh, my role in mentorship right now and helping others move through their Ascension process. Okay. Right, and that's why I started the Lightworker Mentorship Circle is to help people open up their gifts and abilities, open up their ability to communicate with spirit, interpret, discern, and move forward on their path. And so it's just kind of helping to guide people who are opening and, um, awaken to what that is
0: okay here's a question for you Can have you ever channeled an energy that was scary and if you did how did you get rid of it and make sure it didn't overtake you see that that's that's the kind of stuff that freaks me out
1: yeah you know and unfortunately movies make that a really scary thing yes so first of all with channeling there is no way i would channel a scary spirit okay um because it i've I wouldn't allow it. My body wouldn't allow it. And what I mean by that, and this is where I hope to clearly differentiate in channeling. I only channel spirits that I'm already comfortable with. And you have been working with for a couple of years or more. Uh So we've already had a relationship. It's like intimacy in a sense, right? You're only going to be intimate with somebody that you really choose to want to be in their space and energy. Right. So it's kind of like that. It's like, I won't, I wouldn't let a random spirit, even if I think they're cool and great channel through me
0: oh it's like way. not so letting direct
1: access okay great
0: so sorry my brain is going forward here so it's like you, somebody rings your doorbell mm-hmm. and you look through the peephole and you're like yeah i'm not opening the door for that is, yeah does that make
1: sense yeah it just they wouldn't be able to merge with my frequency because i wouldn't let it okay like i wouldn't let them in the door so i love yeah. that whereas with mediumship i have come across different beings that I don't want to talk to. I'm not interested in. Um, and they'll show up sometimes and they'll try and, you know, show warped imagery or um, intervene in readings and stuff. And in that case, that's different because I'm still very separate from them. I'm not merged in any way. Right. Right. And so when that happens, I can either get my guides to help remove them or I can ask them if they need help because 95% of the time, I think spirits that come to be pesky or scary are actually just trying to get your attention because they're trying to get some help. Kind of like a kid with a temper tantrum. They don't have the ability to say, Mom, I'm starving, I haven't eaten, and it's affecting my blood sugar, and I feel very erratic, right? They're just going to lay on the floor and freak out because they don't know how to do it different. And it's the same with spirits like that. Oftentimes the reason is they don't know how to get your attention differently, so they can use a lower frequency method, which is usually fear-based because fear-based makes us respond.
0: yes.
1: Right. So if ever we're cha- um, challenged by an energy, um, a haunting, so to speak, that is scaring us, one of the best things we could do is stop running from it and say, hey, can I help you somehow? Do you need some like love or comfort or something? Can I connect you with someone? Can I help you? And it changes their energy right away. And they usually then appear in their natural uh, true form.
0: Wow. Okay, so if if you were doing a reading for someone and they say, okay, I I would like you to see if you can connect with my grandmother, let's just say, Mm -hmm. and somebody else came into the picture, how would you even know? Because you don't know their grandmother. You don't, like, how do you know who to connect with? Mm -hmm. and who to get the message from
1: yeah so usually so there's a kind of a couple layers to this so usually when i sit in a reading the spirit world already knows that that person is coming to see me right so their family members or friends or guides already know they're going to have an opportunity to come through and connect and they already know what this person most likely needs to hear or wants to hear okay so most of the time the spirits that come through are already going to be the people that that person was hoping to connect with because it's already known in the energy,
0: right?
1: Now, the next level of that, though, is we can always ask for people too. So sometimes I'll say to people, um, is there someone specific you want to hear from that hasn't come through already? And say, they say, yes, my grandmother. Then if I have the grandmother's first name, it's like, I can send it out there and then bring them forward if they're available, right? Mm -hmm. So then we can usually bring the grandmother through and she'll come through with some validating pieces of info. Now, sometimes, though, in regards to what you're asking, we can ask for a certain person or open up to spirit and kind of a pesky energy comes through. And what will usually happen is that energy signature, if I'm simply feeling it, will have a weird warp or a dissonance to it, something disharmonic, almost like when you hear a, a wrong note, if someone's playing music and they hit a wrong note, you hear it and you feel it. Your body's like, ooh. And that's kind of how you feel the frequency, first of all. Second of all, I can always recognize when a pesky energy comes through, when they warp visions. So sometimes, for example, say I am bringing through that grandmother, but there's a pesky spirit around as well. The grandmother might be showing me images of her baking, of her apron, maybe, and her kitchen to validate, right? And then suddenly I may get a vision of um, some very sort of demented uh, poltergeist type Image okay pop in there out of nowhere i know for me i'm like oh, okay hold on we got a pesky spirit we need to clear that out because okay. it's just trying to intervene
0: and how do you do that right? so, how do you clear it out
1: um basically i will always stop and ask them if they need help oh because okay love, yeah it love energy of love from your heart is the greatest most powerful way to transmute anything negative but we just have to be willing to actually step up to it instead of running from it, yes. which we kind of want to because it's creepy and we don't like feeling scared. Yeah. But the minute that we're like, no, can I just, do you need something from here? Yeah. And then they just fizzle down. Yeah. Wow. It's quite powerful.
0: Okay. Who, who are all these spirit guides? Like your angel guide. Like I've heard of angel guide, spirit guide. Uh, It could be a family member that's deceased. It could be like they're all guides. They're all deceased and real people or were living people at one time, right?
1: There's a multitude of spirits and they're all the ones that you named. Absolutely. But as we go into higher dimensions, we even have more, which is what really kind of challenges people's minds because We understand spirituality based on 3D concepts. Yes. Right? So we're comfortable, for the most part, with the idea of deceased loved ones, believing that life does go on. We're comfortable with the idea of angels. We're comfortable with the idea of a spirit guide who most likely was alive at some point and is now guiding us. But we are so much more multidimensional than that. We also have um, a universal consciousness or a God energy, creator, source, Allah, whatever your term is for that connective energy that connects all things can also communicate to us. We also have a higher self of our own, which can communicate to us. And to explain higher self, if you picture your whole soul as like a pie, right? And a piece of that pie, a triangle piece of that pie comes down into this lifetime as you, Right? And when you cross over again, that piece connects back in with the entirety of who you've been in past times before. So your whole consciousness doesn't come down with you. A piece of it does to experience what you're going to experience in this lifetime. So sometimes your guidance can come from your own higher self. Mm. And then sometimes your guidance can come from ascended masters who are very high vibrational beings that have walked this earth, but no longer incarnate. And then you can even have beings that are connected to different dimensions, different realities, different galaxies, different planets. Some call them aliens. I call them light beings and then we can go even higher and we can talk to beings of light consciousness. They don't embody, they have no body. They are conscious energy. That's it. Right? So there's so much more than we realize um, that we can be connecting with.
0: Wow. That's, that's pretty heavy. Um, you know, I and what about these guides or let's say a family member because I don't know, I don't know what you think about this. I always feel like their their spirit can come in different signs from nature. Do you believe in that? Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. You do.
1: 100%. You know, nature and animals are actually so high vibratory compared to humans. We really yeah. don't give it enough credit um spirits can definitely connect with animals very easily to have them be in a particular place or show up or kind of hover by your window something like that and it's not that they embody the animal and they're suddenly an animal yes but they will energetically essentially ask that animal to fly by the window or to hover, or they will draw them there because animals respond to that. I mean, think about how birds respond to the magnetism on the planet to know where they need to go when they migrate.
0: Yes, yes.
1: That's responding to the energy signature of the planet, and so spirits can do that as well with individual animals, and that's why animal symbolisms are so significant as messengers.
0: Okay, I'm so glad you said that because I have this thing for cardinals, and and it's so funny that you just said, said exactly what my husband was kind of making me fun. He was making fun of me. He's like, Oh yeah. Like my mother's coming and showing up as a cardinal. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying her spirit is kind of there. And it's just that the cardinal is just kind of like that. Almost like a messenger. To say, I'm there, I'm watching over you, all is okay. You know, because often I will find whenever there's any kind of distressful situation, I'll go for a walk in nature. And I actually never wear headphones when I do, never. I always walk, I'll sometimes have my dog and yes, she can be a distraction, but I will, I will walk with her and I just kind of pay attention to what's going on around me all the time. Mm -hmm. And and when I see something that's a little bit more unique, then I am I pay attention to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great thing to do because that's what spirit really wants. Like they want you to notice what's a little bit different yeah. because they're always trying to come through and communicate. And so when you do notice and you, whether you don't know exactly what it means, but you're like, hi, I, I noticed this. Then they're like, okay, great. She noticed it. Yes. We can come through again. And then this can become a repeated symbol for her when she needs Yeah. Assurance or whatever it may be.
0: Totally. Totally. Now, what about past lives? What are your thoughts on past lives? Because I've actually had um, a a past life reading Mm -hmm. and it definitely answered some questions for me in my present life. What do you Mm -hmm. think about that stuff?
1: I 100% agree. Um, We are very very much not limited to this lifetime. We have all had many hundreds of lifetimes, um, many on this planet and some even off this planet in different places. We are not uh just living this one singular life because to be honest, one singular lifetime is such a small drop in the bucket of what the soul wishes to grow and experience from. And so we live many different types of incarnations, whether <clears throat> we are more predominantly female. Maybe we are very balanced in our experiences as male or female or whatever gender. Um, We may have had experiences where we've died young, died very old, had very challenging lifetimes. Um, And sometimes we may come back to a human lifetime for a resting lifetime. And a resting lifetime is when a soul decides to come back and they just want to enjoy the fruits of being human. And that's usually when you see people who live till they're like 99, they... Always had money somehow. They never really struggled. Their health was okay. They could party. They could, you know, no allergies, no nothing. They just were good. And then died suddenly in their sleep. Oh, I want that. Right? (laughs)
0: But I (laughs) I don't think that's me. That's not my destiny. But that would be nice. No.
1: But here's the key. Is a resting lifetime is not a lifetime in which the soul gains a lot of wisdom.
0: Ah. And so
1: it is time spent enjoying the fruits of life but not gaining a lot of wisdom. Makes so sense. some souls after they've had a very challenging life, which is what most souls want to come into a human lifetime to learn as much as they can. They're mm. like, bring it on. Let's do this. Yeah. Most will um, bring in everything they can. And then sometimes come back after almost as a reward or a vacation or a resting life, because they're like, you know what? I struggled so much. I really want to come back and just see what it's like to just, Half of things. Yeah. I just want that. And so it's like going on a vacation to Mexico, right? You gained soul relaxation. And that's kind of what the soul is doing in a resting life. And so there is value in it, but you don't gain as much. Makes sense. In that singular lifetime. So for those that have taken on a lot and are thinking, like, what is with my journey? This is crazy. Why do these different things happen? It's because it was desired by your soul when you made your soul blueprint coming in to have these significant experiences based on what you've learned in your past lives.
0: Do you believe that, you know how you always hear of people who have problem after problem after problem and there's always a pattern, they they might not be the Mm -hmm. exact same, but it's similar. Do you believe that that's because the lesson that they're meant to learn in this lifetime hasn't been learned yet?
1: Absolutely. You do? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think so too. I, I I personally believe that. And it's like, you know, it'll come back in different forms and different ways to say, hold on a second. Let's see if we can teach you this way. And maybe we can teach mm-hmm. you this way. But who's doing that? Is that spirit? Is that one of your guides? Um, Is that...
1: It's more... I mean, it's kind of all of it, but it's really based on your blueprint. So before we come into this lifetime, and this is what I got to see when I had my near-death experience.
0: Oh, we got to talk about 15. that, Jeanette. Oh my gosh. Yeah. okay. Well, I was
1: speaking to this, this room of the blueprints is what it was called. Okay. And on this big table, my guides, my counsel rolled out this great big blueprint, essentially. And I remember kind of laughing because I was like, it looks like blueprints, like architectural blueprints. And on there... Um, was this kind of white iridescent line down the center that was still pulsing. So I knew that like I was still connected to my body. But what we did is we reviewed my lifetime based on everything I'd gone through up to that point, right? And so the experience of doing that and them then telling me once they asked if I wanted to stay or go back and I said, you know, I want to go back. I still have stuff to do. I then got to change out some juncture points in my life plan coming back. And one of them, for example, was I got to remove this fuse almost looking thing of chronic illness because I always chronically had something wrong with me. And so I got to take that out and put in a different one. And that experience really solidified for me how much we create the destiny of our lifetime. Wow. So when we come back to your question, have, you know, as a guides that make that happen. It's essentially they're following the blueprint of what you as a soul and your counsel chose would be the best lessons you wanted to take on based on all your lifetimes before, what you're ready to take on now and what you hope to accomplish. And so then when we come into human form, we don't remember that. And we go through these significant experiences. And so spirit will help align them or us to move through. And if we don't, like you said, if we don't move through it and we avoid it or we, you know, just get through it and learn nothing, it'll come again. So we learn that desired soul lesson based on what we wanted. It's not about punishment. It's not about God or source creator being unfair. It's about what your soul was wanting to learn. So what can you consciously learn as a human in this experience?
0: That's so deep. Now, let's talk about... Uh, your near-death experience. Let's talk about that because mm-hmm. that's really what set you on the path that you're on right now, right?
1: Well, it. What's interesting is I was already a working medium. Um, oh, were you for a decade before it happened? Yeah, okay. I was already doing mediumship. I already believed in the afterlife. I already had seen so many experiences of the afterlife from spirits at that point. Um, So I already thought I had a really clear working understanding, but what happened is my NDE, which was in August, 2019, is it further opened the door to so much more. Mm. And it was really kind of what pushed me to really get out and share what I do and create Avalon Spirit and do my podcast and write my book, like step up another level. So I could really share with people how much we do create our own destiny and then how much our free will choices as we move through this experience, dictate how we maneuver that destiny, right? So that was really significant for me in Mm -hmm. my learning. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what happened? Yeah. Like what happened to you?
1: Yeah. So I, again, chronically ill, um, I struggled for a long time with my periods, right? So I would hemorrhage severely every month for, this was for years and years, So finally got to a point where I needed to have surgery. And so it was a very routine surgery. Um, And the interesting thing was, is I had this sense that something was going to happen, but I assumed it would be like some neat spiritual experience, like an astral travel or like a meditative experience, dreamlike type thing. And what actually happened is during the surgery, I popped over onto the other side. And I remember when I got to the other side, I knew exactly where it was. There was no doubting it. Because any time before when I've helped souls cross over, like in the decade before of mediumship, I've helped souls cross over and basically walk up to that doorway of the other side, which is a beautiful bright light. And I could never go closer than three steps um, away from it. Anytime I would get to that point, I would be repelled backwards because I couldn't go in there. Right. It's just a place you can't go. You can peer into it, but you can't go there yeah. until it's a, a crossing point. And so when I popped onto the other side, I knew without a doubt where I was. And I remember I was walking up on this beautiful, luscious green grass that was just, you know, from the vantage point of me standing, I could zero in and see the details on each blade of grass if I wanted to. It was so vividly green and the sky was just this beautiful, beautiful summer blue. And I ended up at this kind of like summer barbecue picnic, like a family reunion, Mm
0: -hmm. which is
1: surprising because I would have thought I would have ended up in like a tropical island or something. Um, But I was at this picnic and my grandmother who was already in spirit brought me there. And I remember walking up and meeting all of these people that I have known from this lifetime that have passed on, but also lifetimes before. And I knew them. And it was these like hugs and this reunion energy and just catching up where we left off. And that's what I thought was so beautiful. Like I was like, wow, we just carry on. Like I remember sitting there with some people from lifetimes before that are not incarnate here. And I was like, what have you been doing? How has it been? And it was just this like catch up. And so it felt like I spent hours at this barbecue. Um, My whole experience on the other side felt like 24 hours, but it was only 20 minutes of human time. Wow. And so after spending what felt like a whole morning into the afternoon and evening in this kind of barbecue setting, reminiscing is when my grandmother then took me to that room of the blueprints. And we went over the blueprints with my guides. And that's when they asked if I wanted to stay or come back. and, And so when I decided to come back, they... Kind of made an agreement with me. We made an agreement together that I would come back and I would talk about my experience and I would share it and I would step up in what I was doing because I was doing mediumship before and I was busy Mm -hmm. and I was, you know, booked up, but I didn't like put it out there. Yeah. It was kind of like, whatever comes to me. And then after my NDE, it was just like, I'm, this is who I am. And if I'm choosing to come back, then I'm going to come back and fully embody and just be this. And so that's why I do what I do now and in the ways that I do.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. I, this is, uh, uh, I I don't, I almost never talk about this, but uh, a year after I I had thyroid cancer. So my daughter had cancer. My, um, I had cancer. And then my husband coded in the hospital so it was almost exactly one year after each other. And I wow. asked my husband, did you see anything? Did you? And he said, no, it was all black. Mm-hmm. So I often wonder if you have to be, because he'll do the same things. I get him to do the new calm experience and I get it. And, and I'm like, do you see anything? do you see any colors? Is there anything in there? Hello? And he's like, no, I see nothing. No, no, no. And I wonder if as humans, we have to be open to that experience before. Would that or, or even like, it's just so unexplainable that I often wonder, like, why? Why do some people see things if they have if they cross over? Mm -hmm. And others don't.
1: I think it really depends on the journey and what they're doing here in this lifetime like is that experience of seeing it necessary for their growth or is it necessary for them not to see it and then come to it in another form right and there's no one right way that it's supposed to transpire it's like i always say spirituality is not black and white it's every shade of gray Mm -hmm. right it really is and so for him it may not have been beneficial for him to see anything or his soul may have not been ready to see anything. Or maybe he did see stuff, but he doesn't remember it. Oh. Maybe it'll come through uh, meditations. Maybe it'll filter in if he did a regression into that moment. If he regressed into the moment of coding, he may suddenly find all the information there.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you say that because he. I think he's the type of individual. He's like, no, I don't want to see it. Don't care. Won't go there. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like what you're saying. I don't think it's for him and that's okay. Not in this lifetime, maybe in another yeah. lifetime, right? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty heavy stuff. Um, you know, what, what can we do as individuals from, from all, all learnings, all levels to become more connected and what's the benefit for us to do so?
1: Mm-hmm. So the best thing we can do truly in any kind of journey is know thyself. Find out who you are, right? Who are you? What do you like? Not what do you like because everybody else likes this? What do you like because you should like this? Like first start there. What do you like? Right. It reminds me of the movie Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that, but there's one point where she's, she didn't, she realized she didn't even know what kind of egg she liked because she was always liking whatever her fiance liked. And so she cooked herself every style of egg one day and figured out what do I like, right? And I think there's a beautiful metaphor for us in life is like, what, what are you about? Because here's the key. When we start to know thyself, then we can start to differentiate anything else that doesn't feel aligned with that or does. And then we start to follow our destiny path with more ease because we can feel the alignment of certain things and feel the disharmony of other things instead of crashing around in every which way because we don't even know what we are. So I think we need to start with getting to know self, get to know your triggers, your wounds, your strengths, your skills, and your passion. What do those look like? And the more you live in conscious choice in each and every one of those, the more you draw... Beautiful experiences to you. And many of those, at that point, when you start to know yourself, you'll become super aware of things around you, like spirit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know the word is overused these days, but really it's just living an authentic life. Absolutely. Right?
1: Absolutely. Uh And,
0: you know, I think this is something that's not necessarily done overnight. And it's a path that can be a very long path to figure out what. What does, you know, light me up inside and make me really, really happy? I think for a lot of women, and especially women who listen to this podcast, they, if, if, not all women have children, I understand that, but women who have children and have young children, it's almost like they lose themselves for a while. Mm-hmm. And I know that had I had some female Advocates in all ways, in health, in spirit, in and and I'm not talking about you know Western medicine help because that didn't help me back then, mm-hmm. right? It was too late. Once they were once they stepped in, it was too late. I already was sick, but had I had all of those models to help me, it I maybe would have found my path a little sooner, yeah. right? Yeah. And so for anybody who's listening to this, I, I feel it's really, really important to really get quiet first. Because unless and, and any new mom I know, or a mom to teenagers, or, or a, not necessarily even a mom, but a, a woman who is so driven in her career doesn't take that time to be quiet and listen to what I really, really love and want,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. And I love that you're bringing this up. Um, I was pondering this the other day too, how I, I feel that also, I feel like I'm just coming back to myself now the last couple of years, and my NDE really pushed that for me because, you know, becoming a mom, My children are eight and 10 now, but when those first couple of years were very hard and I completely lost who I was. And like, I didn't, I didn't have that emotional help, so to speak. Like I had help, but like, I didn't even know what I was needing to ask yes, right, Or, or how to fill the heart space or what that meant. And it was this journey of starting to reclaim that, right? Like starting to rediscover, well, who am I now? I'm not who I was before I was a mom it's part of me. Yes. I'm different. Yeah. So who am I now? And it's coming into the alignment of discovering that. And I think as long as we're always willing to continue to discover that it'll grow and change and we can grow and change with it. Yeah. So I love that you're bringing that up. Yeah.
0: I think it's a really important thing to bring up because, you know, I, I know this is not a discussion on motherhood, but God, like, I remember those days when I would like, flop down on the couch after both kids were in bed and go, oh, right. And it's like, and then you would just veg out and watch TV or whatever, just because you needed to zone out. And so where's that peace? Where's that quiet? It's not really there. Right. So anyway. Um, okay. So let's kind of wrap this up. Cause we're almost close to an hour and I want to give the listeners away. So we talked about getting quiet. That's one way. Mm-hmm. Um, slowly doing things like maybe meditating or whatever resonates with you because that's a great way to have spirit open up to you. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And yeah. then um, I, I have to ask you what message you have because I feel it's I feel the world is changing drastically mm-hmm. and I don't know like am I intuitive maybe sometimes like I think <laughs> you know I feel things but what message mm-hmm. do you feel for the world for for everyone listening what do you feel
1: well first thing I want to say is um, <clears throat> we are so from 2020 to 2024. We're going through, as a collective of humanity, such rapid expansion in consciousness. We are going through about 100 years worth of growth in the span of four years. And so as effective or efficient as that is, I want to speak to the fact that that's very challenging. And so for many of us, we may notice that we're confronting triggers, uh, emotional things, past hurts, questions of who we are rapidly, right? Like day after day after day after day and it's a slog and it's challenging and it's overwhelming and it's really exhausting so i want to speak to the fact that we're in the thick of that right now and if we keep remembering that and that we all chose to be here at this time on the planet to go through these changes that we can take the whirl and the chaos away for a moment and just come back to self again and be like hey what's what do i need to do in this moment now as I'm growing and changing and give yourself some credit for the amount of growth you have already done and the amount that is still to come. So that would be one really important thing right now is like, we are in a very significantly changing time on the planet, right? We have influences from not only humanity, but we've got cosmic influences from higher beings and we've got mother earth who's wanting to push higher consciousness tooth. So we are in the squeeze of it But with great purpose and so every time that we make choices of what feels in alignment each of us individually we ripple out that frequency of personal choice for the better that then ripples out with everybody else Mm, so that's a really good thing so the more you get to know self the more it actually helps the planet
0: oh i like that
1: so that would be one and the other one that i can hear my guys talking about right now is they're saying remind everybody everybody the value of play And how effective play and laughter and joy are in increasing your own frequency. Mm. So meditation, connecting with spirit doesn't always have to be serious. It can be joy-based. Like when we are laughing, uh, when we are passionate and when we're having fun, we're actually really high vibing. And so that's one of the best ways to increase your frequency. But you have to purposely choose to find moments of joy and fun and play. And so the more you can prioritize those things into your life too. And like you said, not just work all the time, not just focus on the things you should do or staying busy, but stop and play and find joy and silliness and laughter. You're going to balance out everything you're working so hard with. With this beautiful frequency. That's going to help you.
0: Mm, I love that. Oh, that's amazing. So I'll ask you yeah. now, what message do you have for me? If any, if any, maybe there's not.
1: Yeah. Let me see one sec here. Okay, so they're showing me right now um, like a card deck, any kind of card deck. Could be playing cards, oracle cards. And they're showing me it's shuffling. So they're saying right now that you're in a phase of like shuffling your card deck ready for a new pull. So you're just in that transition point of having a new focus, a new direction, a more finite focus is what they're saying of a direction. Something that you're really wanting to bring out from your point of passion right? There's a passion piece in there that's wanting to come out either in a new offering or a new thing you do for self. And they're saying, it's almost there. You're still just shuffling, but they're saying, keep an eye out for what also pops out. So sometimes when you're shuffling cards, you can get a jumper, right? Which is like a surprise message. They're saying, keep an eye out for a surprise twist of fate that will really land in a beneficial way. Soon is what you're saying. Soon.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Jeanette. Jeanette, yeah. I'm so sorry. i got to pronounce your. Okay. This has been a really, really amazing recording, and I really, I can't even say enough how much I loved meeting you and recording with you.
1: Well, this has been lovely. Your questions are just so beautiful and so heartfelt with what I think a lot of people want to know. So thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Because
0: I love it. Now, where can everyone find you?
1: So people can find me on, um, I mean, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and also YouTube as Jeanette Viro Medium. So you can find me there. I've got lots of content in the podcast. Um, My own podcast is the Jeanette Viro podcast. Okay. And then uh, if people are interested in taking any courses like the Lightworker Mentorship I talked about, there's a level one and level two. They can find that on avalonspirit.com. Um, as well as the cosmic consciousness circle i hold once a month which we just go out into crazy cosmic stuff so if there's some people watching this that are like i want to know the crazy stuff once a month we do that in cosmic consciousness circle and you can sign up for that as well on AvalonSpirit.com.
0: and where's the best way that someone can get in touch with you like are you active on instagram as well can anyone dm you
1: Yeah, I'm on Instagram um, as well with Facebook, too. If they want, check out the Avalon Spirit Facebook group. Okay. That's a great place to reach me there, too, plus a lot of other like-minded people. So, yeah, Avalon Spirit Facebook group is a great one. Perfect.
0: Thank you again, Jeanette. I will hopefully connect with you again soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: join me next week where i cover off more exciting topics i hope to continue to engage you and excite you and show you that living in your 40s 50s and beyond can be exciting balanced and helpful bye for now